Happy New Year. Gosh, we are now in 2021. What a remarkable thing. I guess for many of us, we are really pleased to leave 2020 behind. But you know, I'm reminded of a scripture that I have shared, which is those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They shall not be shaken and they will endure forever. For as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. The psalmist has a way of just reminding us some wonderful truths there. And as we enter 2021, let's remind ourselves that we will not be shaken. Not only will we not be shaken, but we will endure. We will keep going. Why can we endure? Why is it that we can't be shaken? Well, because we're the people that trust completely in the Lord. We trust in his grace. We trust in his love. We trust in the hope of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a people who celebrate the fact that God surrounds us, that God is with us and God cares for us and loves, for, loves us so much. So I'm delighted to be standing here January the 3rd to declare that Jesus Christ is alive. And no matter what happens in 2021, we know that we have a rock solid belief that Jesus is Lord. He is King and he is the one that brings future and life. He's the one that brings us deep joy and deep peace and deep hope. I love that. So now we're beginning our first worship service of 2021. Can I encourage you? To prepare your hearts now. Get ready with your communion. We will be taking communion. And then we'll be sharing uh, about Daniel. This will be an introduction to where Daniel fits. To some of the great themes of Daniel. And how Daniel informs us. But of course Daniel was, was a man that experienced massive change. Well as a young boy. And right the way through his lifetime. He was present in the Babylonian Empire. Really, from its height until it fell. And God was with him. God spoke to him prophetically. God used him powerfully as a leader and as an influencer. And he was able to maintain just the beauty of his faith in the middle of what was incredibly difficult times and challenging to hold on to God. Well, I think we can see a lot of Parallels with our own journey, our own faith. And can I encourage you as well to consider what are you going to pray for at the beginning of 2021? What are the three things you are going to believe God for? What are those areas that you want God to move and work in? Now, of course, we don't know how things will look over the next month. We're expecting some announcements on the 8th of January when we will know whether we can reopen, probably in groups of 50, or whether we have to proceed in the way that we are. And then we have to pray about how to proceed and what we should do. So keep bathing the church in prayer. Keep praying for uh, the leadership and the pastors. Keep praying that God will give us that wisdom and that insight. So as we begin, let me pray. Father, thank you that we can gather together right now at the beginning of 2021 and declare Jesus as Lord. 
Declare that he is the king of kings. Declare that he is the line of the tribe of Judah. That we can know where our faith is. And I pray for every one of us on this last weekend, as it were before, often we start back to work. I pray, God, that you will give us a word this morning through the preaching and through the worship that will lift our spirits, that will excite us and will take us farther in our faith. Lord Jesus, I ask. So bless us now. Amen. Jesse is going to come and lead us in worship. And as he does that, I pray and know that God will encourage you and bless you as you spend this sacred time worshipping and connecting with the Lord. Church family, it's so good to be together this morning online. Excited to worship together. Yeah, let's see this. Let's praise the Lord together. Sing grace. Grace, you've shown me grace. You've lifted my shame. Drawn me with love. snow and you have redeemed and made me whole. Sing that again. Sing grace. In grace you've shown me grace. you lifted my shame. Drawn me with love and kindness. Walked wider than snow and you have redeemed Shout it out. Shout it out and lift up. 
Jesus, you have won me. You have broken every chain with love and mercy. You have triumphed over death and you are worthy of glory and praise. And of glory and praise. Your wonderful name.
praise your name, Jesus. Oh, Lord, our God, we will sing of your praise all of our days. God, you are good and you are worthy of all praise. God, we love you. Amen. Thanks, Jesse, for that worship and for that prayer. Really grateful. As we begin right now, let's grab our emblems and gather together and take a moment to remember all that Jesus Christ means to us and all that he has given to us. The bread and the wine. Our redemption is only found in Jesus Christ. He paid for the sins of the world. As we were declared this Christmas, was that Emmanuel, God with us. God became man. And only God could come and deal with the universal problem of sin. See, it is a universal problem. It's right the way through humanity. It stops us from enjoying and knowing that relationship with God. And because of the universal problem of man's sin, it took God who is eternal, who is all-powerful, who is glorious, to come down to this earth simply to fetch us back to God, to bring us home. And the way that we come home, the doorway by which we enter in to the kingdom of God and into that relationship with God is only through the work and the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. It is his sacrifice and his death that enables us to boldly approach the throne of God. It is only through his death, his blood and his body that we are able to have a very deep and powerful sense of communion with God. And I really pray that 2021 will be that deep and powerful time of communion with the Lord for you. But here is the bread, the body of Christ that is broken for you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the sacrifice you gave upon the cross. With every breath, you were thinking of us. With the searing pain through your arms and your legs, you were thinking of us. As you reached your body and stretched your body to gasp, those gasps were ones of complete and utter love. And we thank you for your body broken for us. The body of Christ broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. The blood of Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. We thank you that the blood was shed in the holy temple. And one of the reasons was to purify that space so God could be. And we are purified through the blood so where there is a space in our lives where God dwells in his presence. A holy space. Our lives are washed clean. 
But of course, he paid the full price. He took the full agony and power of sin and death upon himself. And his blood paid the price. And so, Lord, we thank you for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Drink it in remembrance of him. Maybe take a moment at the beginning of 2021 to rededicate your life even now. And pause and say, Lord Jesus, I give my whole life over to you. I offer myself as a sacrifice to you. And I pray that you will come and be number one. Be Lord in my life, I ask. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first communion of 2021. A precious moment and a beautiful moment. Well, before we step into the message, we're going to hand right over now and we're going to listen to the Willow One News and all the things that are still going on at Willow Park Church as we seek to support you, as we seek to offer resources for you, and as we seek to keep our mission, not maintenance. God's called us for mission. God bless. Happy New Year, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us for Church Online. Here is your family news. The Marriage Course is a series of seven sessions designed to help couples invest in their relationship and build a stronger marriage. It is coming to Willow Park Church at the end of January. The course will be hosted by some of our own pastors and leaders, and each session is like a date night for you and your spouse. If you're interested in learning more, please sign up on our website at willowparkchurch.com marriage. Next Sunday, January 10th, we will be starting our 21 Days of Prayer. This is a time for us to individually and as a church seek God's guidance in the new year. We would like to encourage you to start thinking about three prayer needs you would like to focus on. You can also sign up for our daily prayer devotional emails. We will also have more prayer opportunities for you throughout the month. Learn more at willowparkchurch.com slash 21 days. As you prepare for 21 days of prayer, you may want to join us for this special live stream event of the Hearing God course by Pastor Phil on January 4th to 9th. Each session is about 30 minutes and we'll be streaming on Facebook and at Church Online each day at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. This course will explore how God speaks today why we need to hear God's voice, and ways to listen to God's guidance. Learn more at willowparkchurch.com slash hearing dash God. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Welcome. Well, I'm so blessed that you've joined us online on this Sunday morning 
as we gather together and have worshipped, celebrated communion on January the 4th. What a beautiful day it is today here in Kelowna. And wherever you are joining us from, we want to say thank you. How grateful we are that you've taken the time to sit down and to listen to this teaching. And as we begin uh, 2021, I just want to remind you that we have a number of key things that are taking place. Of course, uh, online, of course, until we hear the new announcements uh, by Dr. Bonnie Henry that will probably tell us on January the 8th whether we're carrying on the way that we are or whether there are changes and we can adapt. Maybe groups of 50 will come. We have experimented over the Christmas period with driving services and that's been really interesting and the response has been uh, really wonderful. We probably had around anything between 1,500 and 2,000 people came through with carols in cars and Christmas Eve services to enjoy connection with Willow Park Church. I think that is quite a um, quite an amazing Um, achievement for us as a church that we've been able to maintain that momentum. But of course now we're into 2021 and as we begin 2021 we're also looking forward on January the 10th to 21 days of prayer that brings us to the end of January. But you can prepare yourself for the 21 days of prayer by doing a number of things. First of all, choose the three things that you are going to pray into and believe God for. Don't stop. I hear many testimonies of people that through these 21 days of prayer have seen the remarkable answers. We've seen God change families. We've seen people experience a healing. We've experienced Moments when people have had a deeper and fresh revelation with God. Marriages have been transformed. Um, Work opportunities have changed. And these are all the wonderful things that can happen when we become a people that are devoted utterly and completely to God. And that we're willing to follow him. So choose your three things to pray for. You can spend this week in preparation. Usually we start around now, but with everything that's been taking place, we wanted to give a little bit of uh, time so that if we were to change or, or if orders were to change, we could ap- adapt our approach. So we're starting on the 10th. But it does strike me that it gives you and I a week to really prepare our hearts, to take out the rubbish spiritually, to spend some time thinking and reading our scriptures and, the, and journaling and asking the Lord how we can prepare our hearts. And also we'll be streaming Hearing God. And you'll be able to log on uh, 10 a.m. in the morning and 7 p.m. in the evening and watch that particular teaching. Over 800 people have been through Hearing God and have found significant Increase in their ability and of understanding how God speaks to us. And 
and how we interact with scripture and we learn to discern. It's not an exact science, but it is a process of living as an individual who is listening to God and is seeking God and is trying to discern God's voice for their lives. And that's really where we can focus on. What is God saying to you at this time? How is God speaking to you at this moment? What way is the Lord trying to show his compass, his direction, when you and I are in this jungle of, um, of COVID-19? And already we're hearing uh, reports of a variant in Europe that is spreading the COVID uh, pandemic faster and in a more intense way, with large European cities again shutting down in crisis. And of course, we are so blessed to be here in uh, British Columbia, Kelowna, blue skies, um, comparatively a very low, very low uh, infection rate. And that's what I think as we were praying in December about January, I think that's why we landed on the story of Daniel. In it, not of it. And the story of Daniel is critical, I think, as we start to think about everything that is happening in the church. I actually do feel that the story of Daniel has a very now sense to it. It has a, a sense that God is speaking to us through Daniel and, and reminding us about the key principles. And Daniel is a fascinating book. Daniel is full of excitement and drama. The problem is, is that often we just re put Daniel down to being the big Sunday school stories. And we remember the lion's den. We remember the men in the furnace. We remember the great stories. But actually, Daniel is a unique and wonderful book that is really sits alone in the Old Testament in the way that it's constructed, in its importance, because of the material it deals with. It's not really in the prophets, uh, as the oracles and the prophets like Amos and Hosea and Isaiah and Jeremiah, where the prophets would come and they would speak words particularly to the nation, either to repent Get right with God, sort your stuff out, um, speak about what would happen if you don't surrender yourself to God's will. And the prophets would speak in that way. Whereas Daniel is different. Daniel has an eschatology about it. It has a future. It's all about change. It's about the world that we live in. And Daniel himself the character who is centered to the book of these 12 chapters is, is quite remarkable in the way that he finds himself in Babylon. He finds himself struggling. He finds himself being challenged. He finds himself in an environment that he has never experienced before. So that's why I think it's important because first of all, we are living in a time of COVID, COVID-19, when we find ourselves in an experience we have never had before. 
We find ourselves disorientated. We find that we are battling against emotions. We feel disappointed. We feel blue. We feel depressed. We wonder what's taking place. Everything around us is shifting and changing. There is a continual sense of underlying anxiety and worry within culture. There's a sense of when is this going to end? What is the answer? What is really going on? And as we feel this feeling of disorientation, Daniel has something to say to us about this because Daniel speaks to us about God's faithfulness. Daniel speaks to us about trusting God. Daniel speaks to us about sovereignty. Daniel speaks to us about the kingdom to come. Daniel speaks from a completely different perspective in its genre of, of, of literature because it deals with the present of how to navigate the problems of life. And believe me, Daniel faced a lot of problems in life. How to navigate those problems, but then also a different vision, a different perspective. But let's step into it and start to think about the context of Daniel. And we've got um, the whole book we're going to be unpacking and working our way through. And this is a way of, of introduction. Uh, we are living in Daniel around um, the uh, six, 605 B.C. We're living in that, that time when there is massive change that is taking place. You see, the world has been dominated by the Assyrians up here. And of course, the Assyrian Empire is now weakening. There is now a change taking place. And there's a new kid on the block. There's a new empire that is rising. And this empire is, is the Babylonians. And we have the Babylonian uh, city. The Babylonian city became one of the greatest cities of all history. It had 250 glorious towers. It was massive. It was on both sides of the Euphrates. It had glorious parks. It was one of the seven wonders of the world. Well, the gardens that Nebuchadnezzar built were one of the seven wonders of the world. Babylon arose. And as Babylon arose, it challenged the might of the Assyrian and the Egyptian alliance. And this is where the story begins. Because in about 605 BC, the Babylonians are now taking over Judah. And as they begin to take over Judah, they are, they are fighting and they have, have taken a great victory. You see, it was in 605 that they won a great battle. And this was the battle of Karkamdish. A, a battle that took place between Egypt and between Assyria. And at the battle of Karkamdish, at this moment, Babylon took control and defeated. It goes on in 612, if you go a little bit back, that, that Nineveh was destroyed. And Nineveh, of course, was the center of the world. Nineveh was the center of Assyrian power and Assyrian might. And in 612, they were defeated. And this all goes back to the rise of the Babylon Empire to 626 when Nebuchadnezzar 
followed his father and was a great general and he began to take land from the Assyrians and from the Egyptians. Now the Egyptians had a moment in 605 to win the battle. In fact, the Pharaoh thought he would win it. And then if, if he had won that, he would have taken over Assyria, he would have taken over a Babylon, and he would have been one of the greatest Egyptian um, pharaohs of all time. But God had a different plan. And that plan was not that Egypt should rule the world. That plan was that the line of Babylon should rule the world. And the line of Babylon would rise up and start to move and start to work against uh, all the powers there. The Assyrians and the Egyptians would take all of the, of the cities and the states and what we call vassal states. These vassal states paid tribute to Babylon. They paid taxes. They funded the great city. They funded the gardens. They funded the administration. And Daniel was part of this tribute. Because as the uh, Babylonians came into Judah, <clears throat> they needed to pay tribute. King Josiah was dead. And his sons were taking over the leadership of Judah. And they were doing a very, very bad job. And Daniel was one of those noblemen. In fact, in, in Jewish ancient literature, it talks about that Daniel was perhaps a descendant of Hezekiah. So he was a royal. He had a history. He understood about the elite and he was picked up and he was taken to Babylon by the force of the Babylonian lion. And suddenly from the hills of Judah, from the small towns and villages of that region of Israel, he finds himself on the plains, on the flatlands, in the desert with a mighty city. And, and in the middle of this city was mighty temples uh, to the gods, worshipping and honouring the gods. And he finds himself at this moment in that time, having Babylon defeated the Assyrian king and the Egyptian pharaoh, Babylon's lion had come. And really, when we understand Daniel, we start to understand that Daniel had to work out problem after problem. He had to work out how to survive in a culture and in a world that was against his values. He had to work through puzzles and, and, and understand what to stand up for and what to ignore. He was re-educated. His life was, was completely changed. In fact, he would spend the rest of his life in Babylon. He would spend his life serving through the whole of the Babylonian Empire into the Persian Empire with Cyrus and Darius. And he would serve something like 80 years. He was present watching the rise of the Babylonian Empire, watching its demise under Belshazzar, watching the changes that took place. And he's present with all of these global changes that are taking place. And he has to learn how to navigate this as a believer in Yahweh. He has to learn how to step into it. He has to learn to know when to be quiet and when to speak up. He has to learn to discern and see what God is saying. And in many ways, 
In this age, as we live in this time, we have to decide what kind of Christians are we truly going to be. We have to decide what are we going to do. And Daniel had to decide that. So when you look at the 12 chapters of Daniel, I want you to understand that there are some themes that are in Daniel that are critical to understand as we begin this journey. And when we understand these themes, we start to understand how Daniel is put together and how it connects to us today. Because Daniel not only deals with the problems of Babylon and the problems of, of the the rulers of Babylon and, and how Daniel rose as a civil servant, very much like Joseph. But it, it also speaks about the future. It speaks about future hope. So the first theme that you need to understand and I need to understand when you look at the 12 chapters of Daniel is the word faithfulness. Is that the message of Daniel throughout its chapters is one that God is faithful and that God is with us. And that even though we feel like life is full of our second choice, this was not Daniel's first choice. Daniel's first choice was probably to be a member of the Jewish elite. His first choice was to enjoy the hills of Judah. His first choice would be to go up to the temple in Jerusalem and worship his God. His first choice would be to sit on the, on the Mount of Olives where our Saviour would day would sit. And there he would enjoy the beauty of Jerusalem, God's city, enjoy the temple. But he was wrenched. Can you imagine this? He was wrenched out of all of that. He was probably, well, probably 12 years old, 13 years old. Some people have debated. He was certainly between 12, 13 years old and 18 years old. And he was wrenched, given as a tribute, taken to Babylon. And in the middle of this massive city, a city he would never have ever seen that would have made him absolutely think, what is this place? I mean, I serve the great God, but this place is built like something I've never seen. Jerusalem was tiny compared to Babylon. But in the middle of the might of Babylon, with its 250 towers and its beautiful gardens and its temples everywhere, and something that we call a ziggurat, which is a mighty tower, a skyscraper that, that reached up where the gods would come and visit with man. Daniel could have stood there and said, well, my God is nothing. My God is weak. My God, wow, I don't understand. We have been defeated and here I am in captivity, in exile. Look at what this place looks like. No. What Daniel did was that he believed, and Daniel and his friends, he believed in the faithfulness of God. And throughout, throughout Daniel, we have this one message. God is faithful. God is with you. God will not let you down. 
God is faithful to the end. God is faithful in history. God is the most high God who is in control of the nations. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, you may look at man's skyscraper, even as the early uh, Babylon Tower, the Tower of Babel was built. And now the new Babylon. Look at man's strength. Look at man's arrogance. Look at man's pride. But Daniel said, no, my God is utterly and completely faithful. This is not my first choice. But in my second choice, in exile, I will see the faithfulness of God. And maybe for a moment as we think about that idea, that you look at your life and you say, this isn't my first choice. This isn't what I dreamed about. This isn't what I wanted. I expected life to be different. I expected life to work out somehow very, very different to this. I didn't expect to struggle with my career. I didn't expect to struggle in these relationships. I certainly did not expect to struggle with my health. This is my second choice, God, not my first choice. But you see, the thing is with God, is that, that often the second choice is God's first choice. And although we may feel what's going on, Daniel was in exile. And in many ways, I want to remind you that the New Testament teaches us that we are in exile. In fact, the Apostle Paul taught us that we are aliens in a foreign place. That this world is not our world. That we are aliens. That we are here and we belong to a different kingdom. We belong to a different place. We belong to eternity. We belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And every one of us, in that sense, is an alien. Is, is in exile. I mean, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt as if you... You are in exile. As if, well, what happened? Oh, you may, may hear the prosperity preachers and the positivity and the motivation telling us how we can experience perfect life. But when I look at our congregation and I see the people struggling with cancer, I see the people trying to make a living, I see the families that are praying for their children that are ill. I see the challenges of life just to survive. I hear the stories that would make you weep of broken relationships. What I hear is the sound and the song of exile. That we feel like strangers. We feel like it's tough. We feel like it's so hard. But this is where the story of Daniel is so powerful. And this is where the message comes because of God's faithfulness. And chapter 3 is probably the central chapter that captures the very heart that God is faithful. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not... We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the images of gold you have set up. 
We want you to know that God is faithful and that we are faithful. And I think if you want to sum up Daniel, it's this. God is faithful and we are choosing to be faithful. We are choosing in this time to take what we have to be wise and to be faithful to God in the middle of the shifting of there may be Egyptian armies, there may be battles of great significance between the Assyrians and the Egyptians and the Greek mercenaries. Babylon may rise up and create alliances with the Medes and the Persians and all of this takes place. But at the end of it, in the middle of this crazy world, there is a group of people that say, I believe that even if I am thrown into the furnace like the three friends of Daniel, that God is utterly and completely faithful. He's going to hold on to me. He's going to be with me. And I can trust him. And even in the middle of this craziness, I can trust him and I can prosper. I can prosper in my soul. I can prosper with my walk with God. I can prosper with my relationship with the Lord. And and isn't that the way that often when we feel like we're in the middle of a second choice, it's not our first choice. When we feel like we're in exile and we feel lost and confused, that when we draw close to Jesus Christ, his whisper comes to us, his presence comforts us, he is with us and he comes and he holds us. And I want you to believe in the middle of this change, when we have to wear masks to go into public places, when we can't gather to worship in the way that we're used to, when everything has to go online, when there is fear and nervousness, nervousness about the variant COVID that is taking place. When we see what is happening in the world and we surf the internet channels and we listen to the prophets of doom. I want to tell you that God is faithful, that we are faithful. And even in the middle of this, we can prosper. For these four young men, God gave knowledge, understanding of all kinds of literature, learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Can I encourage you that even in the middle of the most difficult global crisis, that God will be with you, that his spirit will train you, That the promise in John's gospel is that the counsellor is with you. The counsellor will teach you and he will bring to your memory things that he's saying to you. And that's why it's so important that we learn to understand and listen to the whisper of God. Listen to scripture. Understand and discern what God is saying in our lives. Why? Because when we do that, we get a completely different perspective. And the one thing I understand about Daniel is this, is that he lived amongst the streets of Babylon and the temples and the gods, but he was able to have a prayer life that lifted him above and he was able to see and understand the mysteries of God and understand what God was doing in his life, in his friend's life and in other people's lives.
And I would like to encourage you that rather than getting bogged down in COVID, that we allow ourselves to go higher from a different vision, a different perspective of what God might be doing, of the way that God is working. Pause for a moment and stop just thinking about your feeling of exile and start to think about what God might be doing. Because the other theme in Daniel is sovereignty, that God is sovereign, that he is the sovereign Lord, that he is the one that is in charge of the kingdoms, whether it is Nebuchadnezzar in ruling, whether it is Belshazzar that is ruling, whether Darius the Mede is ruling, whether it is Cyrus that is ruling. Daniel experienced all of these leaders and in fact a few more because there was a shaky period in the Babylonian history that enabled the Persians to come in and to take over, where Cyrus comes in. But with all the shifts and changes of political powers, of kings and kingdoms, the defeat of Egypt, the the destruction of Assyria, with all of this that took place, the one message of Daniel that is absolutely clear is this, the sovereignty of God, that God is sovereign. That he is the one that moves the chess pieces around. That he is the one that knows the end of the game. That he's the one that shouts, checkmate. I will have the last word. I'm the one who is present. I'm the one that is going to be at work in this world. So those of you who feel like you're in exile, take courage. Be faithful. Because God is faithful. Get a different perspective, a different vision, a heavenly vision of what God is doing. Trust in the Lord with all your might. Trust in God. Trust in Jesus. Allow Jesus to come so close to you and know that God is sovereign. What does it say? Daniel 6, 16. So the kings gave the order that they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually rescue you. See, Daniel didn't doubt that as he faced this moment in chapter 6 with Darius, that God was still sovereign. Why? Because even though there are these many kingdoms, there is a kingdom of God that will last. And what Daniel does in its writings that makes it different, it introduces themes like the kingdom of God. That there will be a kingdom. There will be a Messiah. There will be a kingdom that will last forever. And of course, we experience the wrecking ball of chapter 2 when, they, when, when Nebuchadnezzar sees the vision of the statue with gold and silver and bronze and iron and feet mixed with clay. And the rock comes and destroys it. And right at the end of that, as we experience the vision and the power that, and the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, 
of the different empires that come and the different empires that rise that one day one little rock will rise up and will destroy everything and will establish a kingdom that will never, never be defeated. Have you wondered why when Jesus came preaching in Galilee, he preached the kingdom of God is near? Have you wondered why Jesus in his prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? Have you wondered why he said, I belong to a new kingdom? That the kingdom of God is within you? And the truth is this, is what Daniel teaches us, is that there is a new kingdom Kingdoms and empires come and go. But there is a kingdom that will last forever. And at the end of um, Daniel 2, 44, it says, In the times of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. You and I are part of that kingdom. Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all the kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. We hear the eschatology. We hear the future. We hear the sense that God is going to build a new kingdom and a new hope. Daniel 4. Again, another dream. A dream that takes place of a a great tree that is Nebuchadnezzar's life. And how this tree is going to be cut down. And he's going to go for seven years into the wilderness and experience some kind of mental breakdown. And probably this happened while the the siege of um, Tyre was on, if you know your history. How great are his signs. How mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. The words that came. The words of Nebuchadnezzar. The words that declared that God is great. That God is powerful. That his kingdom will last from generation to generation. Again in Daniel 7, 16 and 18. About when he's dealing with the great beasts that are rising up and the great forces that are coming. And there's this change because Daniel, the first six chapters and then the following seven to twelve chapters, there's a a divide in the middle and they relate to each other. And it's quite interesting. We'll get into all that kind of detail. But I approached one of those standing there and asked him the meaning of all of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kings that will rise from the earth. And the holy people of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever. You have all the pictures of the, of the strange creatures, of the beasts coming out of the sea, of leopards and lions and bears. And you have the final beast that rises up. And in all of this, at the end of this great revelation, it says, but God's kingdom will last forever and ever. So what themes are we seeing in Daniel as we look at Daniel? We're seeing the themes of faithfulness, that God is faithful and we should be faithful. We're seeing the theme of vision, that Daniel had a vision far greater than the Babylonian Empire. And we need a vision far greater. 
We see the theme of trust. That even when you're placed to be re-educated, you can trust that God is with you. We see the theme of God's sovereignty. That God is in utter control through the chapters of Daniel. And then we have the theme of the kingdom of God. That with all of these empires, God's kingdom will last forever. Doesn't that excite you? Doesn't it lift your spirits today? Doesn't it remind you that yes, even though I feel discombobulated, I feel lost at times, I feel a bit blue going into January, I feel low, that I can make a choice and say, Lord Jesus Christ, you are the one that has given me salvation. And Lord Jesus, you are faithful and I will be faithful. Lord Jesus Christ, you were faithful all the way to the cross. You were faithful to die for me. You were faithful to usher in this new kingdom that Daniel saw 600 years earlier. And that today, over 2,600 years, I am here right now and I am part of that kingdom because it was the kingdom of God that Jesus came and preached. It was the new kingdom, the new life, the joy. It's glorious. And I can trust in Jesus, the one that walked on the water, the one that fed the 5,000 and the 4,000, the one that ministered to the poor and the broken, the one that cleared the temple, the one that brought God's love. I can trust in Jesus Christ because he was sent from the sovereign father and the sovereign father knew that there needed to be a Messiah and that Messiah is spoken about in Daniel so clearly and we'll get into that. It describes the Messiah coming. It describes this great leader that would come and bring a new kingdom and the Daniel message is that the Messiah of God came. So remember, you're in the new kingdom now. You're in exile, but you're in a new kingdom. And you may feel lost. And you may feel this is the second choice of your life. But God is faithful. So you and I, let's be faithful. And the incredible thing about Daniel, and I can't wait to get into the chapters and more of the history and the background and the archaeological um, kind of context is this word hope. It's really interesting that Daniel introduces in the clearest way the Christ figure, the Messiah, in his dreams and visions through chapter 7 through chapter 12. But there's something he introduces that's a game changer. It's the first time clearly in Scripture When the resurrection of the dead is introduced. Multitudes who sleep in the dust. They're dead. Of the earth will awaken some to everlasting life. Others to shame and everlasting contempt. Daniel 12 verse 2. Daniel 12, 13 and 14. Talks about a day when even the dead will rise. Think of that day, friends, when on the third day after Jesus Christ was 
crucified and laid in a tomb in Jerusalem. On the third day, he rose again victorious to usher in the kingdom of God that would be the everlasting kingdom that will reign forever and ever. Think about that. Think about he was the first to be raised from the dead and you and I will follow him. That if we do die, the trumpet will sound, we will be dust, but we will rise. It's hope. It's hope that even beyond Life, there is life. There's hope that there is eternity. There is hope. Look at this. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. You will rise and receive your allotted inheritance. Dear church, this morning... Arise and receive your inheritance. Be faithful to God. Get a vision of what God can do and is doing. Trusting God with all of your heart. Know that your Lord is sovereign. Know that he is the bringer of a new kingdom. And know that you and I are going to rise one day and we will receive an inheritance, an inheritance of eternal life, an inheritance of God's blessing. Daniel has the message of Jesus. Be faithful to Christ. Trust in Jesus. God's sovereign plan to rescue humanity. The Messiah has come. The new kingdom has arrived and there will be the great resurrection where God will rise us from the grave and we will live forever. Come on, 2021, we'll face you like Daniel faced Babylon and we'll not be turning. We'll keep going forward. Well, as you can see, I've really got into this. You've listened to me for 40 minutes and if you've kept listening, I am so grateful. (laughs) But there's a lot there, a lot to think about, a lot to step into. Start to read Daniel. We'll be tackling chapter by chapter, working our way through it. But maybe right now, it's time for you to dedicate your life completely to Jesus now. You may feel like you're in exile. You may feel like this is your second choice. But when you surrender to the sovereignty of God and kneel at the feet of Jesus, he will be with you and he is with you. Father, right now, as we begin 2021 and we think about the message of Daniel, I pray that we will be inspired to be a faithful people that we will be inspired like never before to be a people of vision, that we'll be inspired, Lord Jesus, to trust you and even in difficult circumstances, look for your prosperity and your wisdom, that we will trust in the sovereignty of God with the movement of the nations. And that we will believe and actively be part of the kingdom of God that we are part of. And we thank you for the hope that one day we will 
even if we become dust, we will awake and have everlasting life. Thank you, Willow Park Church. Thank you for all of those who are logging on from around the world and across Canada. Keep in touch. Keep safe. We're praying for you and keep listening to the updates. Thank you. Let's begin our journey in the book of Daniel.